Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We're all live in our houses in Austin, Texas. We're still pretty close to Circuit of the Americas, though. This is John Massengale. That's Jonathan Green. Les Kaiser, how's it going, boys? But uh, you know great. I'm a little... actually there. I mean, have you been out there? I mean, you know. <laughs> That's true. We don't know if it's still there. <laughs> is the airport still there? <laughs> we don't no, know. Guys, I'm a little jealous. Y'all are actually indoors. I'm relegated to the garage. Oh, uh, no. That's where I really want to be. That's down a personal the issue between you and your wife we don't want to know about. I cannot argue that point. <laughs> hey, guys, let me run down what we got on the show, because we had an awesome show tonight. We had not, we're we going to start off with a, guy, a gentleman named Josh Hurley, who uh, was racing some uh, some uh, virtual racing at Trans Am earlier today. And then at about the bottom of the hour, we are going to play an interview we did with Formula One driver for Williams, Nicholas Latifi. So really excited to hear about that. And he, he did a little virtual racing last weekend. We get to hear him talk about that how he somehow sabotaged lando norris in, in another race but we gotta yeah. talk about lando he's finally gone racing i know he finally actually started a race and won it in the indycar so yeah we're gonna talk a lot about that we're gonna talk about the trans am race because jonathan you did the voice of the trans am racing this weekend that was awesome yeah we were in monterey california the famous laguna seca um we had a, a false start last week um uh, but you know that's that's life uh, when you're trying to do something daring like we did um, but uh, today we had 34 drivers, I think, or best part of 30 drivers um, all around America and Hawaii. And we went racing and we've got the winner on the show and the man leading the championship. Awesome. Yeah, the uh, the broadcast was great, man. It went off fantastic. I was watching on YouTube or lots of people watching there. And I think you said people were watching on Facebook and on the Trans Am app, too, I guess. Right. Yeah, we're really pushing the app this, this year. It's kind of like our new mode of operandus. I mean, you know, w what's weird is that Trans Am have actually had a physical race this year. We went to, uh, to Sebring in February. We got our season started off early. And we, we went to a prerogative live streaming. And so live streaming, we did a whole live streaming on the app and the SVRA app, the historic uh, racing. So, so we combined both at, at uh, Sebring. And so, yeah, that's our new thing. So when we go back to real racing, we will be live streaming. Uh, but for now, we're esporting, and we've got eight rounds. Uh, and today was our first at Laguna Seca. 
All right. Well, we're going to get to our first guest here in just a moment, but I also want to talk. We have lots of topics we're going to touch on, including some good ideas for when you're quarantined for gearheads, motorsports fans. And uh, we're going to talk about some stories from Formula One, some of the teams, how they're, how they're helping out with PPE and other items. And we're going to talk about some, the first attempt at live motorsports with fans in the stands. Yeah, actually, yeah, we're, we've got this story that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. It was uh was due to happen in North Dakota. So we'll talk about that. But we have our first guest and on the line. And Jonathan, I want you to introduce him. Well, this is Josh Hurley. He is a Trans Am driver. Uh, he's also uh, in his spare time, I suppose, uh, an instructor if he has any spare time. But he was dominant, frankly, uh, at Laguna Seca. And first and foremost, I want to say congratulations <laughs> to Trans Am's Josh Hurley. Thank you so much. Sorry about the dog barking in the background. It was it was a <laughs> no, blast. That was also, that South road. Dakota race was great. I'm a big dirt car fan, and I race dirt in my spare time too. So that was a great some great racing. Ah, that's interesting because we want to talk about. Well, well, let's talk about you first. But I want to talk about that with you because that is an interesting story that we uh, kind of fell upon, um, and we didn't know it was happening. And then we sort of started looking through the USAC stuff and, and realized that. They were going to have a crowd and they weren't going to have a crowd and so on and so forth. First and foremost, though, Laguna, how did it go for you? We enjoyed uh, calling it. Um, it was kind of fun to go racing again. It was. And actually, the, the part that was kind of the most fun that the fans probably don't get to see or know about was um, the way this system works, the, the sim that they chose. During the week, you can see when other people would practice and you could see their lap times. So you would see guys uh -huh. on there practicing. Yeah. And what I would do is every couple hours check and when someone would go pretty quick i'd jump on do five laps get within a tenth and then sign off and check again the next day and just keep chasing them so we we're already kind of playing with each other all week so that's like virtual smack talk without saying anything you just you just use your lap times to go back at you buddy exactly my favorite a driver who remained nameless you know i got i got there and it tells you how many laps they did too which is the fun part i got on there and i did like 60 laps and then I signed up the next morning and someone had done 700 laps over the night and barely oh, got me. So, you, so you're, you're, you're being cruel then. You're, you're, you're be brutally beating people down. <laughs> yeah, that's part of the fun. So it's fun to, you know, you have to, you have, it makes it a lot easier to win on race day when they're already like, ah, oh, crap, he's doing it in 10 laps. So, <laughs> so when they would do the 700 something laps, I made sure to go do like 15 laps and get him by like a half 10th and then sign off again. <laughs> Hey, so Josh, are you guys are you happy with this software and the, what you what you guys are using? I mean, I know this, everybody's using all different kinds of different applications and software to do this. It's a little bit of a Pepsi Coke thing. I, I'm not gonna lie, I prefer iRacing in some ways. There's things about Assetto I really like. Um, the weight transfer feeling in Assetto is definitely better. But I prefer huh. some of the tracks in iRacing, and I, I wish, and I think the cars make a little bit better of a visual spectacle. The, the Assetto is just as difficult to drive, but it doesn't quite translate to the TV cams because the car doesn't move around the same way visually. It, so I, I feel like the fans lose out a little bit on the, how hard these things are to drive, but it's really a Pepsi Coke thing. There's drivers who hate the way iRacing feels. There's drivers who prefer another package like R-Factor. So it's a little bit of a Pepsi Coke thing, but as long as we're all in the same one, I want to race on any of them. I don't care. I, ra I yeah. race everything, Trans Am, dirt cars, uh, prototypes, whatever. So it's kind of the same on the sim package. Whatever it is, as long as there's someone else with another one, that, that's good enough for me. 
what about your rig? What about the what about the hardware side of it? You know, you does is it is it better for different software or is it all across the board the same? And and what are you using? It's kind of funny like that. I'm I'm actually been in been in the sim game for a long time. Um, I use a VR headset, which everyone who's a layman thinks oh. is actually an advantage. But if you'll notice, um, the guys who just sim race, who don't race in real life, the professionals at that, don't use a VR headset. It's actually usually considered a bit of a disadvantage because the car, your head isn't fixed. You can move around in the car, which is more realistic, but it's harder to feel the car when your head is what moved, not the car. When your only feeling comes from the screen and the force feedback – the screens supposedly are a little faster at the very high end of the sim world. But for me, in driver training, I prefer the VR because you can use your eyes like you do in real life. You can look around the corner. You can you have to actually focus ahead. You can actually focus your eyes and look through things. So I use that. And some software hates VR. Assetto's okay. Um, what the SRO series uses, they use Assetto Competizione. It hates VR terribly. <laughs> hates it. But fortunately, I'm not racing that. Um, wheels and pedals. Wheels, I'm using a Fanatec system. It's it's pretty mid-range, but it's pretty nice. My pedals are actually a new blend. Um, it's a Logitech pedal, which is fairly inexpensive, but I have a different brake pedal called the Perfect hmm. Pedal, who used to be a sponsor of mine. It used to be a co-driver of mine in IMSA. Actually, I drove the Perfect Pedal Audi at one point, and it actually makes the brake pedal a fluid-based system. So it's actually full of fluid and you press on it and it feels high and oh, hard and you actually have to press like a real brake pedal. And that is one of the biggest, if anyone's out there sim racing, whether it's the perfect pedal or any other system, a load cell brake pedal makes the biggest difference because the cheap ones make the brakes work on distance, which isn't how brakes feel. They work on pressure. So having something that is pressure sensitive instead of dis distance sensitive is a huge advantage. The most of us are using that. Well, I forget who it was that talked about putting a, uh dishwashing sponges behind their pedals to get the feel yeah. right what do we had but uh, yeah it sounds like a much better approach there <laughs> yeah you know, i mean i have to press hard you know it's interesting josh i i spoke in the week with mark um miller who's going to be joining the championship you know our current ta2 champion and he said exactly what you just said which is forget all the rest of it um you know yeah. the break is the key the break is the key because that's what you need to feel and that's what's that's what racing's all about when it comes to sim racing um and so I, it's really interesting because i'm learning this for the first time i've got myself a computer i haven't got any hardware yet but i'm learning from all of you guys bit by bit you know what you know how to do it on a, on a reasonable budget and it's interesting I, w did that worry you a little bit that some guys are using you know simcraft thirty-five thousand, sixty thousand dollar rigs and then Lando. other guys you know well yeah <laughs> Uh, but but also in Trans Am to this today, um, and and then other guys like Legacy Junior, you know, sitting on his kid's deck chair, driving on a table. <laughs> yeah, well, until I moved, I moved to California only a few years ago. Until I moved, I did a lot of sim racing in, in my um, apartment in Gainesville, Florida, while my wife was finishing her graduate school, and my rig was literally a steering wheel bolted to her desk from high school, and I was still winning <laughs> sim races like that. And that was with her, and the desk was wobbly. So the way I had to keep the wheel from moving was it, was it was bolted to the keyboard tray. So I had to hide a dictionary behind it to keep the keyboard tray from sliding. And I had to put an old shoe behind my pedals to keep the pedals from sliding <laughs> against the wall and binding up. And I was still fast that way. So it's really more of a comfort thing until there's an exception. 
once you start getting into like what the OEMs use, like the, the rigs that cost, you know, $500,000, that's a whole big advantage. Below that, it's more about feeling more immersive and convincing yourself it's real, which helps for driver training and focus. But um, I have a bit of an advantage there. I used to race, uh, I'm not sure if you know what 124 scale slot cars are. But sure. Oh, yeah. Bef yeah, before go-karts or any of that, that's the racing I came from. So I'm very used to driving something by visual only because you don't sit in something that's 124 scale. You watch it. So it, I can get away without that feel. So once you just get yourself visually dialed in, the, the nicer rigs are nicer because they make it feel more real to you, but it's more of an internal motivation than needing it to go fast. Interesting. Well, you know, even back in your uh, your you know scrap and your books and everything, uh, Connor Daly could one up you. He had an IKEA chair. <laughs> I think it was a Logic Tech steering wheel and a set of pedals leaning against luggage from his last trip. That was yeah, two weeks it's, ago. <laughs> exactly. It's the same sort of deal. It, it works fine once you get comfortable with it. It's all it's all good, you know. And the only problem with the my, the desk one is eventually the force feedback on the Logitech wheel broke her desk completely. <laughs> <laughs> that's a small problem josh i was doing the commentary today and i'm just reading the press release here uh, and you're saying you know you're happy about jetco mcleese and that's who you've been uh, in the real world connected to but you said i tried a clever start by spamming the shift button so the left <laughs> i left the grid in fourth gear explain yeah. <laughs> so I'm a bit of a racing engineer too. I, I do that side of it. So I, I take the rule book and look at it. So what they decided to do, because they were having issues with guys getting a false start and hitting the car in front of them, and it gives them both a penalty. So they thought that wasn't fair. So what they did is they lock us in neutral until the lights go off. So what most people did, who aren't trying to game the system like me, <laughs> most people waited until the lights go off, they hit the pa upshift paddle once and off they go. Well, I figured I could get a way better reaction time if I just keep clicking the button over and over and over as fast as I can once the lights came on, which worked great initially. I got first gear before everybody, but by the time I pulled my hand away, I was already up to fourth. <laughs> <laughs> on a serious note, um, am I right in saying that you coach as well? And do you use sim sims when you're coaching? Yeah, that's actually my main living. Most race car drivers nowadays, especially in road racing, that's really your main living is coaching. And I use sims quite extensively, actually. Um, the way I kind of work is whenever I'm brought out to a track, I give a sim client a couple extra hours for free on the sim. Because really, when I get to the track, it makes my track work so much easier that it's worth just giving them some freebie time on the sim. And then we also do some other coaching with a little more extensively on the sim, especially right now where we can focus on racecraft and there's some stuff that doesn't translate to real world. We kind of try to get them to ignore the stuff that isn't quite perfect. Cause it's, you know, a sim is a tool. You can drive it like it's real, but some, there's some little things you can do in the sim that you can't do in real life. So the, we kind of keep them away from that when we're doing coaching. And then the biggest, the thing that the sims best for, for everybody. And I try to get it through most of my clients. This is the people that are most resistant to it, by the way, is the racing. The racing is 100% the same. They always love to say, well, the guys on the sim, some of them are crazy and stupid. I'm like, well, you've raced in real races. Some guys are crazy and stupid. Some are really good. It's the same thing. You're racing against humans. As long as you're racing against humans, the racing is perfect. And that's the one thing we don't practice. When we go to the races at the race weekend, we're setting up the car. We try to drive away from everyone else until race time. Nobody practices racing. In sim, you can practice racing all the time.
Well, hey, Josh, speaking of the, you know, back to serious in the real world, I want to talk about this, the whole situation with the virus and how we're, we're not racing in real life. And I mean, we're going to talk about this further in the show, but I, I think that it's going to be really hard pressed to see any racing this year is my opinion. I, I don't know, you know, until we get a vaccine, how are we going to have people in the stands unless we're, you know, all way apart? And does that mean you have you know, one fifth of the, the the people. I mean, what are you hearing, and and what are your expectations? I think we're going to see pockets of racing. I think we're going to see pockets of fanless racing, kind of like what you saw in South Dakota this weekend. NASCAR is heavily looking at that. I think they're going to do at least a few, and they're even taking it to another interesting twist because NASCAR is so localized. They're going to do races. It looks like near Charlotte that are one day drives, so all the crew drives in separately. They're going to try to do like one or two day shows so no one has to stay in hotels, no fans, and just be televised. So the some of the big series, there's so much TV revenue that I think you're going to see some of that. But I think that's all we're going to see. You're going to see some testing. I mean, I've even named uh, – people will remain nameless. The phones have started ringing about some private testing already, which I'm not sure how I feel about because I'm not quite ready to get on an airplane. But it's starting a little bit. I think we'll see little pockets here and there. I think you'll see some dirt car stuff besides the South Dakota stuff expand. But my big worry is I think I'm a little concerned that we're going to overdo it. Someone, Some people are going to go racing before we should with fans, and then we're going to be right back in the boat. That's my worry. I, I'm with you on that. But why don't you tell us about the Dakota race and, and what it looked like to you? I didn't get to see that. Yeah, it, it was great. They had um, a lot of a whole hodgepodge of sprint car guys. I'm a big sprint car guy. Um, whole hodgepodge, you know, wasn't sanctioned by Wu. It was just sanctioned by local local team owner, local promoter, who's actually one of the McCarls. He's really big in sprint car world, if you've followed that. And they made it fanless. Initially, they invited fans, and then they got press pushback, which I think is deserved. And then they, they refunded all the fans' money. And they made it socially distant. The racing was great. They also had modifieds there, so they had a fair amount of cars. Um, I didn't get a good read for how packed the infield was or if they did any social distancing amongst competitors. So that, that's my one worry from it. The racing was great, but that's that's to be expected. I mean, dirt, dirt track racing is a second love for me. Um, but it, it was it was really nice to see, but makes me a little nervous that it was too soon, especially if you look at South Dakota is actually, if you do the math, is one of the later states that should be open. So mm, yeah. it, it's, it just depends on how you feel on it. And I hope it doesn't get too politicized. Just, I, you know, my wife's a scientist, so I trend towards that side of things. Ah, that makes more sense. Well, Josh Hurley, thank you for coming on. Uh, congratulations on the win today in, yeah. uh, in the virtual Trans Am. Final ahead, question. Thank well, next yeah, week sure. we've got Road Atlanta. What do you, what do you think? Um, and who's the competition, do you think, over the eight rounds? Um, it's still, I think it's mainly going to be Casera and I think you'll see Merrill and Mark Miller pick up, but, um, the points, you know, I have a good points lead now. So now I think what it's going to become about is staying out of trouble. Like what happened to Tyler in race one. I think that it's, it's going to be well worth giving up spots and just ticking laps off, which, which suits me fine. I'm a big points racer. I'm fine with getting less race wins and coming home with the big thing at the end. So I think that's going to be the whole trick. But I think Tyler's going to be the main one with Merrill stepping up and maybe Miller definitely being fast. I'm a little surprised Cameron was off the pace as he was, but this sim does feel different. Yeah. And I know he's done more racing, so I expect he'll pick it up too. Yeah. 
Well, Josh, Greg, Hurley, already, yeah, thanks, buddy. We appreciate you coming on, and uh, good luck for the rest of the season. You Thank bet. you. Hey, thanks Josh. for having me, guys. Josh, next time you're in Austin, it's a match at Petrol Lounge on their giant scale electric system. <laughs> so the race is on. That's that sounds great, and I go to Austin all the time. In fact, I've already been to Coda oh. six times this year before the, everything went out. Wow. Hey, wow! Let us know when you come. We always have yeah, something sure. going on. And you're for always sure. welcome Will on do. the show, my friend. Sounds Thanks, great. Josh. I look forward to it. Take care. All right, guys, let's go to break. And uh, when we come back, don't forget, later in the show, Formula One driver for Williams, Nicholas Latifi is going to join us. Awesome. Hey, you listen to Speed City. We're live in Austin. Back after these messages. When you're looking for traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiasts looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Hi guys, I'm Dan Tickton, winner of the 2018 Macau Grand Prix 65th edition, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, I want to talk about some stories that we put on our sheet tonight. You know, Les, one of the things that we you've got on here for your stories to talk about is how some of the teams, and particularly F1 teams and Honda and IndyCar, are doing more with uh, helping with the COVID-19 stuff, the PPE and the ventilators. Yeah, what's really cool is Honda's got into the manufacturing of the PPE stuff, the shields, the masks, things like that. 
So they're driving that volume, but they've also got into some of the components, partnering with some of the manufacturers to help with the ventilator systems and respiratory tools that are, you know, supplies, if you will, that are involved around those. It's uh, it's really a, a great thing to see so many companies shifting into that and uh, just reinforcing it. The response is so far beyond what was predicted when all this first started, and we were so far behind on supplies for PPE. Yeah, I love these stories. And Jonathan, you and I have been talking about the the pit lane, as a pit lane project, right? That the other F1 yeah, teams yeah. are doing. And all these guys, you know, we talk about General Motors teaming up and um, and doing ventilators. This is really cool. Yeah, and, you know, funnily enough, I mean, it's kind of, while, while I think about it, Trans Am have, have been heavily involved too. We've got a couple of companies um, making, well, um, three-dimensional services, one of our big sponsors, has been making, um, helping make equipment for uh, coronavirus, as has Kerry Hit. Um, and so, and there's, uh, you know, there's a few guys who've been doing, so while we're having a little bit of fun out there, um, you know, at Laguna behind the scenes or in the real world, um, a lot of Trans Am people, are, are helping out by prefix, even the, the engine manufacturer and engine builder, they've been getting involved in rejigging their equipment to help make either shields or parts of ventilators and so on. So heavily involved and I'm really pleased that motorsport has stepped up you mentioned Formula One has done so in fact seven teams getting involved in that pit lane project and it's been very helpful to the NHS in the UK yeah and what about let's talk about the future you know I said it when we were talking to Joshua ago is that you know this really started in my head when my 15 year old daughter was asking me she goes when am I going to get to see my friends realistically and I just stopped and I looked at it and I said I think it may be next year. I don't know. It could be next year because it, until we have a vaccine or some really effective treatment. But what a friends. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but Jonathan, you know, you've been you've talked a lot about how you know, you've. I think you were the first one to say this that we may not have bracing this entire year. I mean, it it, it could easily happen now. Well, for for a couple of reasons. Let me just lay out, obviously, the social distancing. So in terms of a COTA event with a full crowd, forget it. Um, secondly, uh, for example, if you do international racing like Formula One is, um, most countries um, are giving quarantine for people to even come to, come to their country. So traveling on a plane, is, as, as, as he was saying just a moment ago, as Josh was saying a moment ago, that's a problem. Um, and then also, if you have got, let's say what they were trying to attempt to do in South Dakota this weekend, which is they have a 4,000 uh, people capacity and they sold 700 tickets with the idea of, of, of you know, social distancing. social distancing. But that's no use to a promoter because what, you know, why would he want to put on an event and make a quarter or a fifth of what he was potentially going to make? Um, now, I agree with Josh. I think television which are desperate for live sports. Uh, and, and by the way, remember, the companies like NBC, ABC, and CBS are literally the all the soaps and all the great uh, shows you like to watch, you know, every night. It's sport, live sport that plays uh, pays for that. So if the NFL doesn't go ahead and have full crowds um, and motor racing doesn't have the Indy 500 and so on and so forth, um, you know, you can see it's getting pretty touchy and and I, I think i mentioned an article to you um where i was looking at uh, what weck and aco talking about Le Mans, and they were 
projecting that the industry itself was down 55% in the last two months. So that tells you everything you need to know. There won't be money to go racing either. Okay, so here's where some money could come from. As we all know, we're starved for motorsport on television, but the entire world, really, the entire United States for sure, is starved for any sort of sporting. Have you guys seen the ratings on this Michael Jordan documentary they're doing on ESPN, this series, that's 10-part series? They have been off the charts. Just, I mean, it's like the number one television show. And and I watched the first two episodes, and it, it was a, you know, that's my generation, you know, watching Michael Jordan in, in the 80s and 90s. And, and but it was a phenomenal production. It was amazing. So that that's helpful. But Jonathan, think about this. The, you know, the, the ratings are going to be through the roof. We've already seen it. We've seen the ratings in Formula One eSports. We've seen the ratings in IndyCar and NASCAR, uh, iRacing on, on, uh, on the networks here. So there's going to be the television money should be bigger. You're going to have bigger audiences. Well, and as I predicted to you also, on a, having said all those negatives I just said, one positive might be that um, as we get further into the year, and let's say you take September, I mean, I'm choosing a, a, yeah. a date, but let's say you get to September uh, and, it, and things start to kind of mellow out a little bit and people start to put on events. Well, um, tracks like Cota and Laguna Seca in California have got maybe the possibility of putting several events on in September, October, November, December, and January because of the heat and the fact that we don't get the bad weather that are Road America or any of the tracks in Pittsburgh or New York or whatever. Um, so you might find Southern racing um, here in the United States and Spain and places that are warmer uh, that can race all year might have a very busy schedule because everybody wants to go racing. And that was another point from this um, WEC interview I, I read, which was, will they get together as the FIA and the FIM and discuss the fact that you, you can't over overkill the market because the, you, you, know, you can't exhaust people. They can't watch everything on one weekend. So would it be more sensible, especially with that lack of money and lack of funding to kind of, you know, have conversations where it's like, let's not all race this weekend. Let these guys race this weekend. And these, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously guessing, yeah. but uh, you know, I think these are the sort of discussions that will go on. We've got time to talk about it in the next six months. Uh, and I think there will be a different way of going racing when we finally do it. Yeah. Well, all right, guys, let's, let's go ahead and take a break less because yeah. we're, we're up against the bottom of the hour and let's go do that. And then we will, and then, uh, but remember, after the break, up next, F1 driver Nicholas Latifi, the interview we did with him. So you're listening to Speed City live from Austin, Texas, back after this quick break. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky. The source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing. WindingRoadRacing.com. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. 
When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, this is Rusty Wallace, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, your heads. Welcome back to the show. Strong Mask with Les Kaiser and Jonathan Green. And we are very excited. This next interview we did with Williams F1 driver Nicholas Latifi. We caught up with him a little earlier in the week, not long after last weekend's virtual F1 race. And we're going to jump right in. And we started off by asking him how he was enjoying this virtual racing. So here's Nicholas Latifi. Enjoying it quite a lot, honestly. I mean, I've, uh, I've had this home sim at my house back in, uh, well, my parents' house back in Toronto for about two years now. Uh, and to be honest, it's been more my little brother that's been uh, using it and keeping it warm for me as I'm, as I'm always away in Europe. But uh, yeah, when, when this whole situation arose, it seemed like the perfect opportunity to to jump back on it, get involved in the esports, and uh, and really use it as a tool to kind of stay stay mentally sharp, uh, obviously for the racing season once it it does start. So yeah, it's been quite enjoyable. It's been nice to see uh, a bunch of the other drivers, and more specifically F1 drivers, uh, get get in on it. I mean, slowly, like let's say week by week, we're getting one new entrant from the F1 grid. So it's uh, you know it's making it quite good. And yeah, it's uh, it's some good competition between us all. We all want to beat each other. You know, I, I see that it is, uh, it's good for pacifying us to, for our motor racing, but do you think, is there truly a skill that it is supporting you with, uh, nurturing and keeping you sharp? What is it doing for you? I think what it does, uh, I mean, at least for me, what I'm taking from it is more of the, the mental aspect from the, that side of, uh, of the training as opposed to the actual driving side, because uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's a, it's a simulator and uh, I mean, more specifically home simulators. I mean, they're, they're more like games than, than real driving simulators, but the actual mental uh, aspect of, you know, when you're trying to nail a qualifying lap, when you're trying to, uh, you know, not make mistakes in races, when you're strategizing how you want to overtake someone, when you're you know, trying to defend from someone and, and, and things like that, uh, the, the mental processes when you're actually in the race, they, for me, they all feel the same. And I know a lot of the guys who, uh, I've said the same thing and like the mental intensity if anything it's even it's even higher than it is when you're when you're in real life like we're all like sweating while we're just sitting at home uh, driving these driving these simulators so I, I'm using it I mean I, I can't speak for everyone else but I'm using it more for 
for that side of things to stay mentally sharp from that aspect. Uh, again, the driving, you can't draw too many parallels because there, there are a lot of differences. Uh, but definitely it's, it's a great tool for, I mean, I think it's the best tool us drivers have right now and, and can have access to, to, to be ready for when the racing season resumes. So what is your setup, Nicholas? How, how, what's, your, what's your rig, as they say? <laughs> so my rig has been uh, uh, customized quite a lot since when I got home. Because initially I had one base, uh, base rig uh, from a company called uh, All In Sports. It's just a little home gaming sim. has a frame, had a big TV, steering motor. But uh, when it was apparent that I was going to be here for a long time, made some upgrades to it. So basically I swapped out the TV uh, for a proper monitor. Uh, uh, upgraded the PC as I had a very small, uh, small PC as well, just to be able to run the game high, higher kind of graphics, refresh rates, things like that. As well, because I started streaming, I needed something a bit more uh, powerful to be able to cope with with that. Because once you start streaming, it could kind of make the game lag a little bit more. Uh, Change my steering wheel, uh, so I upgraded it to a newer version of. Uh, I use Fanatec, so they're, they're they're quite good home sim steering wheels. Um, and uh, the pedals I changed as well. I, I got uh, some Hoisin, Hoisin felt, I think. That's uh, it. Yeah, those are the, those are the babies. Yeah, the, those I think are the the standard for for home sim pedals. So uh, yeah, quite a lot of uh, adjustments. So those on top of a bunch of little things I've uh, I've got to to make the streaming a bit easier. You know, proper mic, other monitors to be able to to switch between the displays. So uh, yeah, it's it's changed quite a bit from the. So let's say the first picture I put when I was doing the, the Bahrain race. <laughs> so now that you've got the gear, uh, you've probably driven on some of the same tracks in, in the car as well as on the game. Uh, with the exception of the character bumps, think of your, uh, your turn-in points, your braking points. How accurate are those? I mean, I would say that is one thing that F1 does pretty decently well is the, the tracks uh, are for the most part, quite accurate. I mean, there are some inaccuracies in certain ones. I mean, I can only speak for the tracks that I've, I've driven as I haven't driven on all the, the Formula One tracks, but you know, th they are very, very well modeled, uh, let's say. And then on top of that, the, the braking points and things like that, at least from, from my knowledge, again, of the tracks I, I've driven Formula One cars on, they are quite accurate. Uh, but the, the big thing with the Formula One is the, the actual handling of the car itself, once you're kind of in the corners, uh, is is a bit different. I mean, the, the biggest thing for me is really the, the throttle. As soon as you take off the traction control, uh, it's, it is much more difficult to control in the game than it is in real life. But I think part of that is, again, because you, you are only feeling uh, the, the, the car and the handling through, through the wheel. Uh, you know, in a real car, you feel through the wheel, you feel through your butt, you kind of have the G-forces through your body, you're kind of leaning into the, into the seat a bit more, so you're feeling it kind of through your ribs. You have so many more cues to give you uh, anticipation of what the car is doing whereas a home sim uh again it's just a steering wheel you might have i mean some pedals like i know fanatec makes pedals that the the throttle can vibrate when you're about to spin the wheels and the brake vibrates when you're about to lock the wheels so that can give some kind of cue but you're kind of driving with uh without as many senses which makes it so much harder to do uh so just to feel the car becomes way way more difficult i heard that IndyCar guys were putting dishwashing sponges under their pedals to give them some resistance. <laughs> I haven't gone that far yet, but yeah, that's actually a pretty neat idea. <laughs> Nicholas, do you do it on your own, or, or have you employed some of the some of the team at Williams or even George to, to to communicate with you when you're racing, or how do you go about it? Do you do you stay on your own, or do you try to get a spotter or an engineer to help you out with strategy? 
So I guess it depends on what kind of race it is. I mean, for the races we've been doing more for, uh, let's say, not as serious, like just the, the kind of streams that us guys can get together for just to have some friendly competition. I mean, and even, let's say, the, that, that charity uh, series we ran, the Race for the World one, those were kind of just, you know, everyone was all in one open chat. So anyone could talk at any time. And it was, uh, yeah, quite, quite a lot of commotion and confusion. But it, that's, it was all in good fun. Whereas the virtual GP races, the official F1 one ones, you know, all the drivers go into their respective uh, team channels. Uh, I personally uh, mute George and uh, his spotter because just not to hear them speaking because, again, in real life, you wouldn't hear your, your teammate and your teammate's engineer. So I had my own, uh, which was uh, uh, one of the Williams eSports drivers. Uh, so I have been uh, in communication with them. I mean, even when I first got on the game, I did some practice sessions with them quite a bit to just pick their brain about the little tricks because there are so many tricks in this game if you want to be fast that you have to be able to take take advantage of so uh yeah i did have a spotter just kind of letting me know who was getting penalties uh, getting his advice on okay is it uh you know what's the good lap to pit uh should i fight with this guy blah 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 and, and just a bunch of things that you would kind of be doing with your your real engineer let's say you don't want to be on george's channel he was really upset when you both got uh, penalties yesterday yeah, yeah, I was upset. I mean, I, I to be honest, I think mine I did deserve a little bit, but it was, uh, yeah, I came out of the pits uh, thinking that no one was starting a lap, and I saw at the last second someone was starting a lap. I tried to get out of the way, but yeah, it's it, it's difficult because that's the thing you don't have the information from the engineer saying no, there's a car coming to start the lap. So yeah, it was it was a bit frustrating because I think that could have changed my whole race if I didn't start in the mid pack. I would have started in the top five, and then you're kind of not amongst the, the, the carnage that's always going to happen in these online races. I love it. It's, uh, it's been just, you know, I got to say, I did not pay any attention to eSports before this. I'm definitely paying more attention to it. I, I'm, I'm catching the IndyCar, the Formula One, the MotoGP, you know, all of those for me. And what I like is how serious it's being taken by the participants. Mm. It's really there. As you said, you've got your spotter involved. You've got... Uh, folks involved that's what is drawing me to this uh to this avenue or delivery method is y'all are taking it serious mm -hmm. and racing and we can see from the sweat and the frustration <laughs> that uh, that you are are indeed there do you think this is something you'll continue on out of quarantine um i definitely think it's a, it's a tool i would continue to use uh for for training uh because i mean again i think the one thing that's is very unique to our sport is it's a sport where you can't practice when you want you know almost i mean any other sport i could think of you know mm. hockey basketball tennis i mean you need some equipment but whenever you want to you could just go and and practice and work on specific things you know racing to be actually able to replicate the real thing a simulator is the closest thing we have and again simulators are that doesn't matter how many millions of dollars you invest to them they're, they're never going to replicate the the same thing so uh but there are certain aspects that you can try and train in the simulator despite not having the real physical feeling of of actually driving a car and again that's what what i commented on a kind of more the mental aspect of of uh doing these e-racing for so i probably will stick with it i mean it's for sure i'm not going to have nearly as much time to do it once the season uh can, continues especially at least for this year because when we do get to go racing it's probably going to be a race every weekend until the end of the year uh but yeah it is something i'm, I'm enjoying and uh i hope i can still find the time when, when we get going again 
Nicholas, on a serious side, we followed your career, and I mean, this—I mean, you must be the—you could—you could argue you might be the most frustrated driver because you were just—I mean, you've done all the hard work. You've done the test driving. You were ready to go. You get to Australia, and then they yank the season away from you almost. And as you say, if we do get going, it could be a really different and busy season. How hard is it for you to stay effectively mentally sharp, forgetting you know just the simulator work, because you were ready to go this this you've worked your whole career for this moment and you've got to put it on hold at least for a few more months yeah i mean the way i'm kind of seeing it is it's just an extended uh extended pre-season uh definitely not an extended holiday <laughs> just <laughs> pre-season is a bit longer uh yeah i mean it was not ideal i was for sure i was disappointed to to have the season not start i mean the winter uh break in the off season always feels i mean although in in racing is probably one of the shortest off seasons in, in any professional sport. Uh, it always feels very long because there's so much work that needs to get be be done from both my side from preparation, but also from the team side. Um, and yeah, to have kind of like you know all the anticipation building into the, the first race of the season, uh, and then also having it be that it's going to be my debut in Formula One. Uh, yeah, then to have it not happen was was a bit. Again, I wouldn't say frustrated is the word, but I, I would say yeah, I was disappointed. Uh, but again, it's the same situation for uh, for everybody. And yeah, we had to do what uh, I think the right decision was taken to not run the race and to cancel these upcoming events because you know, we had to do what, what was you know best for the world in general to try and uh, eradicate this uh, this virus. But yeah, I mean, I will. I know I'm going to get the my chance, the opportunity. It's just uh, yeah, I'm going to have to wait a, a bit longer. And in the meantime, yeah, just make sure I'm staying thing on top of everything my fitness uh first and foremost uh as again it's pretty much like you are going into a winter break again which is normally the first time you always jump back in the car after winter break you you really really feel it so we kind of did all that training got, got those kind of uh jumping back into the car pains out of the way in barcelona and now they're going to be back again when we jump back back in the next race but then uh yeah aside from the physical stuff i would say the the mental is probably the more uh more important right now because again it's it's a bit of a unprecedented time for uh drivers let us say in at this level in in this category that you have so much free time yeah i you know i have cabin fever at home and i, I can't say i'm anywhere near as active as as you are i'm used to going and uh going about besides the esports what's keeping you busy in the day nowadays uh so i mean for sure a lot of training um fortunate that my parents have a uh, a home gym at their house so we have been for sure making use of, of those facilities getting some training done most days um and then yeah i mean uh, to be honest a lot of my time has been taken up by the by the home sim you know practicing for various uh various events uh, i mean i know for the actual serious virtual gp events all of us drivers are putting in time off off the camera off stream to, to make sure we're we're competitive uh but then you know I have gotten into this kind of streaming uh, thing as well, which is kind of something more, more for fun. And to be honest, it's, it's taken up way more time than I, I initially thought it, it would have, you know, just initially setting it up. And cause I kind of taught myself how to do it all uh, just from YouTube tutorials and, and, uh, and things like that. And uh, so just getting it set up occupied a huge amount of my time. And then I'm, I'm actually enjoying it quite a bit because it's pretty much like a, an Instagram live session every time you go, you go online. So it's a cool way to interact with the fans as well, especially me being uh, a new driver on the grid, maybe a lot of, uh, let's say people who follow formula one, but maybe didn't necessarily know about me before formula one. Uh, it's an opportunity for them to, let's say, or an opportunity for me to, uh, 
interact with the fans and teach them more or, or make them see a different side of me that maybe they wouldn't have, have normally seen. So uh, it passes a surprising amount of time, which is great because, uh, again, we, we have a lot of time <laughs> in this period. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I probably, I mean, although be it on a much less frequent basis, probably will continue with it once the season starts. On the flip side of it, are you at home with the family? I mean, are all you are you hunkered down with the rest of your your family? Yeah, the only person that's not here right now is my uh, my older brother. But uh, yeah, everyone else is is here. So I have my two younger siblings and my parents. Yeah. I was going to say, without being funny, your father's a well-known businessman. He's out and about. You guys are probably passing in the night when it comes to Formula One. I guess you've had some time now to kind of hang out with dad and hang out with mum because you probably haven't had a lot of time to do that. Yeah, I mean, that is another, uh, definitely another benefit of it. I mean, especially me, uh, you know, being from Canada and being based, based in the, in the UK and having to be based on just in general in Europe for all the racing. Uh, yeah, I probably out of walk well, besides other drivers that don't live in the U- Europe region. Uh, one of the guys that sees my family the most. So yeah, it's a, uh, it is very, uh, a very unique opportunity for me to just spend time with the, with the family and a, I don't remember the last time I've spent so so many days in a row with uh, with them. So yeah, definitely uh, enjoying that. Uh, and yeah, it's I guess just one of the bright sides to this situation we're in right now. Well, you know, with uh, so much friends and family, that that's great. Uh, last year I was uh, at the Canadian GP, uh, you know, Ormont Villeneuve Circuit cap for you today. I, I don't recall seeing you there, but I was doing my job at the time. <laughs> Uh, what's your experience around uh, Circuit Villeneuve? Have you been to the Circuit of the Americas? Uh, so for the Circuit uh, Villeneuve, um, the past, so I've pretty much gone every year. I think the the last year I can remember not going was I think in 2012 because I had a, a race on that same weekend in Italian Formula 3, but I think every other weekend since I don't know, since I can remember, since I was probably the first time I went to the Grand Prix, I've, I've always been there. Uh, the past two years, more recent, uh, recently, I've done the FP1 session as well. So last year with Williams, uh, the year before that with, with Force India. So I, I, that's about the only experience I have driving the track, just two free practice one sessions. Uh, obviously, FP1s at Montreal are quite difficult because it's, well, it's a street track. So the track is always very, very dirty and dusty and not representative. But it is a very unique track track uh very challenging in many ways uh, and as for the circuit of the americas um the well i was i was doing the fp1 there last year unfortunately we had a, a gearbox issue so i only really did two <laughs> two laps but no it's a, it's a very cool track as well and it was uh, yeah it was definitely one i was looking forward the the most to getting to feel the formula one car on especially you know, that first sector all like the fast sweeping corners it's just yeah it seems so so enjoyable to drive <laughs> Well, listen, Nicholas, we know you're busy, but uh, first and foremost, good job from all of you keeping Lando out of the game. I think that's... Yeah, <laughs> I think we got to start, uh, start placing bets and uh, make some money off betting against this uh, computer making it through the next one because it's, it's, what, three for three now? Yeah. Without fail. And I think this one he didn't even get into the qualifying. Like, he didn't even join, join it at all. So, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on because he, I mean, he does the races with us for fun. I mean, he might have little issues, but... Uh, so yeah, maybe it's the the Formula One servers whenever they decide to host it. But uh, yeah, I kind of feel bad for him because I'm sure he him as well. He's practicing, putting in some time, and then he doesn't even get to race. So it's great. I'm glad to see you uh, keeping things up. You're you're definitely still upbeat. Glad to see that because I know that's a that's a uh, that can be tough to do in these downtimes as well. But uh, hey, we're looking forward to seeing you when we get this 2020 rolling again. 
Preferably. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And Nicholas, you wanted him to get beer. All right. You know what? I love I love the way that he wrapped that up with talking about Lando Norris having who's such such a bad time because that was before Lando won the IndyCar yeah. race. How awesome was that? Yeah. <laughs> Finally got it all awesome. together. Hey guys, we got a caller on the line. Let's see. We got we got Dan calling in. Hey Dan, how's it going? Hey guys, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Good. Not bad. I was just uh target with the wife and uh one of my youngest kid and i was watching you guys and i wondered you know for the for the f1 season so far if it ever gets going you know i know a lot of the some of the teams like mercedes have shifted to um kind of doing some parts for ventilators and stuff that you guys were talking about earlier but you know they're still probably developing the car for an eventual start to the season if it ever happens and i wonder how many teams have started developing based on the kind of card tilt that they saw back in testing as opposed to you know having seen stuff racing and stuff and seeing seen the other teams racing how many people are just going hey you know based on what we saw in testing we should do this and see if it works for our car versus doing thing you know versus what they had planned on originally because i doubt anybody has stopped developing That's a yeah. really good question. Yeah, yeah. Dan, that, that's excellent. I actually was listening to a couple of different uh, interviews, some of them off the F1.com and the app. And some of the things that they're talking about is how much data they had, how little data they had from testing, how far they're going to go with it in making changes, because they don't want to shoot yourself in the foot. The other thing is also already looking towards 2021, the rumor that that budget is going to be pulled down even tighter than it was originally agreed upon. And so if that conversation around the budget goes further, what are you going to do about somebody that spent a bazillion dollars in their development and working towards that season? Uh, that's a big, big, tough one to, to address. I don't know how you would deal with that, but, uh, and like I said, they're just, such limited data at the moment yeah and i, I bet you can so, guarantee that uh, go ahead dan oh i think that's the dilemma every team is going to face of you know what should we really push 2020 considering how how limited the season could slash will be versus dumping everything into 2021 while you still have more resources in theory and i wonder if some people have already figured well mercedes have this trick system anyways and they seem to be pretty well out in front or they're just going to write off 20 put all their baskets every all their eggs in the 20 yep. and also on the politicking side do you think i wonder if some of the teams are going to use the protest threat to try and get mercedes to tuck in that um basically movable aerodynamics device system yes, they have on the yeah. tires to just say hey if you use it in this race we're just going to protest it and even and i think the threat of that alone is going to be interesting for mercedes because they have to balance that versus do we really need the extra pace or do they want to take a chance that a steward somewhere is yeah it's totally a movable aerodynamic device and they're going to be disqualified yeah you know what yeah, we, we left two two big things hanging in the balance which was ferrari's engine was being disputed from last year um if you remember uh, that was a, a topic of conversation at albert park the DAS system you just mentioned uh, with um, um, Mercedes uh, makes you wonder whether Ferrari or Red Bull are trying to develop their own, uh, you know, their own version of that. 
Or as you quite rightly point out, instead they'll protest it so that they can't have that advantage. Um, it really does. It's a really interesting espionage game, that. And it's not being talked about much because uh, you can be sure, though, that somebody's been sent to go and do some investigation and uh, look it up, don't you think, John? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, Dan, thanks a lot, buddy. We appreciate you calling in. A great questions, good thoughts. Maybe we'll continue that on the next show. But I want to move on to the IndyCar iRacing because it, it was uh, it was all Lando, and, and he won the race even with a with uh, with a spin. In, in fact, his lap times were phenomenal. Nobody was even close, and it was about time that he actually got to finish a race. And uh, it, it turned out that. Uh, that he was as as dominant as we thought he might be because we knew he had all that sim time. So he looked amazing during that race. And another thing I want to play up, we've got a clip from the IndyCar race. And this is from Connor Daly's Twitch account. And during the race, Connor had Alexander Rossi and he had Hedgecliffe and he had a couple others. But but while he was, while he was uh, on Twitch, in the background, you could hear the Discord channel and Santino Ferrucci was talking a little smack about Felipe Nazar. And so listen carefully right at the start of this clip where Santino is talking about uh, Felipe Nazar. Wish I could have got around those guys. When they were horsing around, they cost us a lot of time. You know, there's a reason you're not a real race car driver Nazar, right? Oh my gosh! Did you just hear that? Oh, I did. What is what is, is Santino thinking? Connection. Nazar. What happened? Santino just said, "You know, there's a real, there's a reason why you're not a real race car driver." To Nazar. Who said that? Santino. Said that to Nazar. To Nazar. Yeah. The XF1 driver. X. Yeah. Someone should say it's because he doesn't have funding. Oh my gosh. The gist of that, you can hear Connor Daly talking. He said that uh, he was talking about what Connor about what Santino said. He said basically, he said, you know, if you were a real race car driver, you'd be better. And <laughs> I, I, I don't. They were all flabbergasted and no idea what he meant by that because obviously he knows who Felipe Nazar is, ex Formula One driver. So I, I don't know what that was about exactly, but. I guess uh, Santino's always good for uh, some entertainment value during a race. That's just good smack talk. That's what sim racing's all about. Yeah, it was great. It was great. You should uh, go to Connor Daly's Twitch account, and you can hear that. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, the uh, overall, the IndyCar iRacing was fantastic. Again, a great production, and uh, great production, and great, you know, on the Twitch and everything. So it was a great production. Yeah, how good Dakota look. Yeah, absolutely. Looked very cool. Well, guys, uh, how much time we got left, producer? Uh, we got about 30 seconds, so we're done, guys. Thanks, everybody. We want to say thanks to our guest, Nicholas Latifi, and Joshua. Thanks, we appreciate you. Yeah, and thanks to Dan for calling in, and thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. Happy trails.
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 